Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. This week's message by Sandy Zondervan is called Acts, Watching for God's Voice. We invite you to come and join with us at the Prophetic Watchers Gathering from the 16th to the 18th of March with guest speakers Bobby Brethard, Drew Keir, and our very own Trevor Baker. Come and join us in Dudley. Visit our website to register your place. There is no registration charge. Please visit www.revivalfires.org.uk. Well, good morning, church. Good morning, my church. Trevor's been talking, and we've been looking at the watch of the Lord, haven't we? We've been looking to see what God wants to say to us. And I've just found this year to be such a special year coming into 2017. Well, part of it is because I turned 50 in November. I know, I'm an old, old, old but good girl, but... But it's only a number. Well done, Margaret. Yeah. But um, I've been anticipating what what God wants to do um, in my life because it is a a special year. It's a year of jubilee for me and and a year to look back over the past at the faithfulness of of God um, in my life. And uh, and I, I wanted to share some precious jewels with you this morning. And I wanted to also open something, something new, (laughs) Um, because I've got a new way of sharing this, which I'm really excited about. I'm crying about it because it's really good. (laughs) And I'm really happy about it. So it's not really tears of sadness, it's tears of thank you, Lord. You're you're giving me more. So I want... I want to start off, now some of you, forgive me to start with, but you may have heard this testimony before, okay? You may have heard it before, but I'm going to tell it again, and I'm going to tell it, and then after I finish telling it, I'm going to show you how I got there. And so I hope that that will bring hope to you that, that you, if you look at some of these things you could maybe have a look at how God may want to bring you into the more of those things. So we're going to kind of dissect it, all right? So here is my testimony. Um, In different decades of my life or different times, I've experienced extreme anxiety. Anxiety to the point where if I was in front of someone who I deemed as... um, I wasn't worthy to be in their presence, (laughs) I would begin to stutter. Okay, and I would also allow myself, because it's all me, they would have no idea that I was doing this, I um, I would put a lot of credence to what they said about me, what they thought about me, or even the way they looked at me. All right, so I'm just sharing my story. And uh, I would call it the fear of man, which we're going to talk about at some point. <laughs> but the anxiety was, was really strong within me. And I remember the first time it really happened badly for me was when I looked like I was going to get married. 
And I was going to marry somebody who had high credentials, okay, in my book. They were a surgeon. Wow, well done, Sandy. And, um, and so, you know, I had prepared my, you know, I just was Sandy. <laughs> and, it, and it didn't work out. But the devastation of it was that I decided that I was going to be judged by this person's opinion of me. In retrospect, I was looking at all the different ways God was saying, no, no, this isn't right for you. No, because God is amazing at how he speaks in the background to, <laughs> to us. But sometimes we're looking for something because we're wanting to grasp onto it because it's going to help fill a hole. And so some of you knew I grew up on a dairy farm. And dairy farmer girls, even though they're very adventurous, they tend to smell like the barn. And if they smell like the barn and they go into the city, then even if they're dressed, trying to dress nice or whatever, they're still going to smell. Their hair's going to smell. Even if they have a shower, I know because I've got these really nice neighbors in Canada who come over who have a dairy barn, who come over, she's had a shower and she sits there and I think, oh my gosh, she smells like the barn. <laughs> and then I think to myself, now that must have been how I smelled when I was little. And so the other thing that wasn't in my favor was I had a hard time learning. And so in grade, in grade one, oh, I loved kindergarten. Kindergarten was just, I, I think I could live in kindergarten. Kindergarten was like heaven. I mean, we had so much fun. But grade one, we got down to the pencils and the paper and the red marking pens. And somehow I wasn't able to read like everyone else. And so I was in this special category of, um, I, I thought oh, I was really special because <laughs> I was in this special category. So I was busy cutting and pasting things. I even had the teacher's um, mother come in and help me. I was writing, you, my dog has a very bad tooth. I can remember writing that sentence in my pencil. And... Um, thinking I was really special. And uh, at the end of the year, all the other students moved forward into the next grade, and I got held back. And uh, I didn't really know the repercussions of all that was going to be, besides number one, smelling bad. <laughs> now I've failed grade one. And um, I also really loved fashion, and I really noticed nice clothes, and we just didn't happen to have that as a priority in my family. Okay, so sometimes I would come out with the most amazing outfits because my mom and dad would go to Holland, and they would get the second-hand clothes from some cousins, and we always knew that the fashion in Europe was always two years ahead. So some dresses I had were just amazing. But some of the clothes I had from other cousins, and their mothers made them. And you know the statement, your mother dresses you funny? You know, so I had a little bit of that. Uh, I remember skipping rope in this um, bright pink polyester jumpsuit. I mean, it had that rickrack on it. But the poor, you know, I had to hold the waistband as I was jumping because it just, it just didn't fit proper. Are you with me on all of this picture? So I'm just, I'm just kind of giving you some information on how uh, the fear of man became a, a trap and a, and a snare for me and how uh, anxiety took, took, uh, took a deep place, took a deep root in my life. 
And so I had this amazing testimony of how God showed me with this particular incident in when I was 30-something um, that I had put this person on a pedestal and I need to repent for that. Can you see that? So my alignment with God would be that I need to repent for this. Sandy, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I have an amazing plan for you. Don't let this person or your idea of this person judge you on not being smart enough or not being pretty enough or not having what that takes. Do you, do you, see, do you see what I mean? It was a very devastating time for me to walk through. And, and God amazingly sent prophetic words like, uh, I see your heart's lacerated, but God's coming in and he's putting a brand new heart into you. This one young boy said that to me. And he, he was just learning how to prophesy. And he said, is that okay to say? And he had no idea about my life. And I'm like, oh my goodness, thank you. Because what happened was those words began to implant a, a new thing into my life. And so the anxiety, which felt like uh, a... Um, a grip around my heart and my lungs and caused me to stutter and to hide away and read my Lord of the Rings J.R. Tolkien books and disappear into my other worlds. <laughs> because we all have places where we go you know, in those circumstances to try to medicate, don't we? <laughs> and, uh, and so I felt, you know, this is, this is, this is going really good. And, and, and then... I came here to the UK, and God was opening the doors up for me to step into going out across the nation or wherever God has me to go and to share a message, um, to share the Holy Spirit. And I've had words about going out across the UK to, to, to um, help, help the fire blaze and to be filled with God's fire and, and, and to, to see, you know, Britain come, come alive. And, I, and I'm so excited about that. I've been here for 13 years now, and, and I'm grateful to God to be in this country. I love Great Britain. I love Canada, but I, I just love Great... I do. I just seriously love being British, and I love Great Britain. I have, I have such a love for what God's doing here, what God's doing here in Revival Fires, but what God's doing here across the nation. And so in this situation, now I was going to step out in faith to see God open these doors for me um, to provide financial support <laughs> for that from, from these different and varied places that I would be going to and um, just see, see where my life would go um, because it, it wasn't just going to be here in Dudley. It was going to be across the nations. And so this was in the beginning of all of that, and I had a panic attack. <laughs> and my heart went like a, like a hand around the fist, and my lungs, uh, I couldn't breathe properly, and I started to shut down again. And I just thought, oh, man, I thought I was healed from this, you know, because I could go back and look at that testimony. And then I also thought, how can I be in this situation when God wants to move me into the more of these things and now I've got all of this stuff again? So you can see I was in quite a deep hole. <laughs> so let me share my story with you. And then I want to show this new picture of, of I hope that I can encourage you with it. 
So this is my story. So I decided to talk to God. I decided to align myself with him. (laughs) So I sat down and I began to look to the revelation he wanted to give to me. And I began to look, and as I was looking, I began to write it down, and I just decided I was going to talk to him about how I was feeling, which is a good thing to do, isn't it? So I said to God in my language, because we all have different languages that we speak, and I just kind of went a bit creative, or I just saw this. I said, my lungs are like two sailing ships, heavily taking on water. I send out my SOS to you. So in my imagination, so I saw my lungs like two sailing ships. I saw them on tumultuous seas. And then I saw myself in both of those boats trying to bail out the water myself, trying to get this done, trying to put scriptures, trying to stay strong because this was a big storm and these little boats are going to make it. (laughs) So that's what I'm seeing inside. And then... As I'm looking, as I'm seeing, as I feel like this is just me trying to describe and picture what's happening inside of me, all of a sudden, I see, suddenly, I see these two hands come up underneath the boat. And then I see these two enormous feet standing on the bottom of the sea. And then I look back, and now he's leaning into the waves with a big smile on his face. And I hear the scripture, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. And I'm like, oh yeah, wow. And now, can you see how the scenery's changed? It's no longer this tumultuous sea, but it's this body surfing kind of place. And he's got a smile on his face. And then I'm watching him and he gets this idea. He decides he's going to dive to the bottom of the sea. And so he does. And so my two little boats, oh no, what do they become? They become submarines. And all of a sudden we are down and we are exploring the depths of the sea. We're having a look at those deep places. And I'm an adventurer. I love driving out around. I probably know a lot. I remember when me and Maureen drove to Badger the first time. Do you remember Maureen? And we kind of got lost going to Badger. Well, I went to Badger yesterday in recognition of that time. And it was because it was my first time out in the English countryside. And I remember judging you. And I thought, how could she be lost less than 12 miles from where she was born and raised? I thought that is the most ridiculous thing as she's trying to figure out how to get across country. But Padger is, is a wonderful place to go to. There's amazing walks and there's all kinds of adventures. You can sneak around there. Sorry, I didn't didn't mean to put you on the spot there, Maureen. I know. Getting lost is awful. Yeah. And so I love adventuring. And so the amazing thing about this vision is, number one, I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to recognize that I'm getting the picture of where God, that the earth belongs to God. So I'm hearing from him. 
And now we're having a tour. I love that. I love watching documentaries. I love watching all the different creation that God has made. I love that kind of thing. And so, you know, we are having that sense of exploration. And then he gets this other idea, and he blasts off into the universe. And my two little boats turn into rocket ships, and we are looking at the galaxies. And there's Earth, our beautiful planet. Have you ever looked at what Earth looks like from space? It's a, it's a jewel. It's an absolute beautiful jewel. And we live on this tiny little jewel, like a pearl, tucked away in this enormous galaxy. It's really a miracle when you look at it. It's so beautiful. Don't you think our Earth is just absolutely stunning? And there we are, alive on this planet Earth. And you think about the bigness and the greatness of God. And you think about our time. And you think, wow, look at that. He holds the whole world in his hands. And so I started to become incredibly encouraged by this vision or this visitation from God. But the amazing thing about God is he is a God of extreme detail. Do you know another word that I learned when I came here to Great Britain I'd never heard before in my life was the word bespoke. I love the word bespoke. I'd never heard of it. It was not in my Canadian dictionary language. Never heard it. I came here and I'm, I heard bespoke. Does anyone here know of Savile Row? Savile Row, the place where you have made-to-measure garments. They measure you. They even measure a man's waist in case before and after he's eaten dinner. That's how specific they are on some of these suits that they make. They'll put extra pockets in for They'll make it exactly like you want it. If you want an inside pocket, outside pocket, whatever you need in the fabric of your choice. Wow. Remember the clothes I was talking about earlier? <laughs> Savile Row, can you imagine? Made to measure over every bump and curve that you're not so sure of, they could make look better, couldn't they? Bespoke, tailor-made. Well, do you know that we have a bespoke tailor, Savile Row tailor, of our life. And we would be so missing out if we didn't go shopping at the Savile Row Taylor of heaven. Because he is our God, is a God of extreme detail. And he is the creator of so many different varieties of cats, which I love, and dogs, and animals. If he can be so <clears throat> incredibly creative, with making all of these different, even insects for that matter, all of these different kinds of animals, of, of, of beasts, of birds, of flowers, of grasses, of trees. He's amazing. Isn't he amazing? He is so amazing. And so if he can make all of those things and then he can say to me that I'm made in his image, oh my goodness. 
The possibilities are limitless, aren't they? Absolutely limitless. So there we are, bottom of the sea, in the universe, the God of detail. He wasn't finished with me yet because God is a father and he is our father. And fathers are meant to be very detailed with their children. If they're not detailed, parts of us kind of go into an orphan status. It's where we now have to look after ourselves because nobody else is going to look after us. Does that sound strong to you? Well, you have to be because you're surviving. But we have a father who wants to father every single detail of our life. And so he wanted to talk to me about the detail of why even though I was starting to feel better and I was thinking about destiny and I was on the adventure, but he wanted to talk to me about why I was having such severe anxiety. So, he carries on the picture. One boat, calm sea, sun shining, gorgeous day, and there he is, and he's dressed up kind of like a pirate. <laughs> Shane would like this, because Shane likes to dress up like a pirate. Because Shane builds pirate ships and those amazing play centers across Belarus and blesses so many children. Amazing. So there he is, big ship. He's at the helm. And he's dressed in red, and he's got this amazing hat on his head, and it's got three white feathers. Do you see the details of this, how excited I am looking at this? And he gives me the biggest smile, and he does one of these to me. But I cannot get my eye off of this hat. My eye is absolutely fixated on this hat. Sure, I can see him, but my eye is so attracted to this hat. Well, he comes down, and he places it on top of my head in this vision. As I feel the hat come onto my head, I get transported. Aren't visions amazing? Aren't dreams amazing? I get transported into the barn closet on our farm. I loved the barn closet because the barn closet was the clothes that you put on. It's a lot about clothes today, isn't it? That you put on to go for adventures. And you hung your coat up there. You got your scarf. You got everything that you needed. And there I was standing in the barn closet. And I looked and there on the rack was my dad's hat. And I looked up and I said, there's my dad's hat. And I took it down off the hook and I could smell it. It smelt like him. I'm like, wow. Now, I lost my dad when I was 14 years old to cancer. So for me, in this vision, to all of a sudden have the actual physical sense that I could remember what he smelt like is pretty amazing, isn't it? Isn't God incredible? at details because God really wanted to get something incredibly clear to the orphan Sandy 
the part that looks after herself, the part that fears man. (laughs) He wanted to say to her, Sandy, I've got you covered. The hat that your dad had, you lost your dad. And because you lost your dad, your heart got broken and you became anxious. And you were wondering who was going to provide for you in your life. Where was your provision going to come from? What was your identity? And who was going to protect you? Because that's what dads do. They protect, they provide, and they give us identity. And he said, you're my girl. You belong to me. Whose bespoke hat am I wearing on my head? It's his. His hat. And so sometimes, well, it happens because death is on the planet, but Jesus has redeemed death. But with death, breaking can happen to us. And so that orphan part of me, that 14-year-old, grew up very quickly and just began to take care of herself. So God wanted to connect with that part because he wanted to bring healing to me. So awesome. I was thinking, too, you know, about the scripture that says that he puts upon us the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation took on a whole different picture for me. In Isaiah 61, he talks about putting on the crown of beauty instead of ashes. (laughs) That we are walking in his authority. And he said to me, Sandy, you are on my ship. And I'm going to take you to many ports of call. And so we're docked up here in Dudley today. Last weekend, I was in Wellingboro. And the weekend before that, I was at Tom's parents' church in Wellington. I thought that was interesting. Well, 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 well. And I actually come from Wellington County. And so over the last weeks, we've been talking about digging, the redigging and digging the well. So I'm thinking, huh. This is interesting. Well, well, well. And God wants to redig some wells in our life today and in this year. That He will redig old wells, but He'll also dig new wells. And that's not just for us here at Revival Fires, but it's in our personal life. To allow God to redig or to take the clutter off of some of the wells that got stopped up so that they can spring forth again and even to dig some new ones. And so I wanted to share that with you because I wanted you to see through testimony, because it says that the spirit of prophecy in Revelations is the testimony of Jesus. And we all are sitting here because we have a testimony of Jesus in our life. And so I want my testimony to prophesy to you today, to prophesy that God is a God of extreme detail, and he will go right to the very root of your emotions and of physical things that have happened to you, and he will talk to you about it. That's why I shared that one in specific detail, because I wanted you to see the bespoke Savile Row vision that God gave me, and if he can give it to me, he can give it to you. So let's have a look at what that looks like. (laughs) I'm going to call it Acts, okay? 
Isn't Acts a good name? A-C-T-S. Acts. Do you remember the book of Acts? What did they have to do? They had to act. First of all, Jesus gave them the revelation. Go wait. Go tarry in Jerusalem until you get endued with power that comes on high. Okay, so the Acts men, the men of Acts, what did they need to do? They needed to align themselves and go be obedient. And so they had to obey Jesus. Jesus said, and it will be like a river of living water flowing from your innermost being. So exciting. Talking about the move of the Holy Spirit, the fire of God. So they are going to align themselves with this. So A is align. A is for align. Do you know what the dictionary definition of align is? It's to position, to set into place. It's the correct position, or it's even to come together in agreement or alliance, to come into a line. So we want our heart to come into a line. It says, above all, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So there's even an alignment that needs to happen in our heart. The second, let me just talk a bit more about alignment. Alignment helps us identify our value and our worth. And we get this meaning from an external source. So we're looking for the answer. Um, who am I? What's my worth? Uh, and we ascribe the most authority to someone who's going to define that for us. Who are, who are we? What's our worth? What should we do? How should we fit in? How do I fit into the story, into the larger purpose? And so what we do then is, in some ways, it's an act of worship, we obey the one we fear the most. So, teenagers. Man, we've got to make sure as a teenager that we've got our makeup on, we've got the right brand of clothes, the right brand of shoes, we're speaking the right language. Uh, we've got to figure out who our club is. Where can, can you see that? Even within the body of Christ, we can have teenager type reactions to things because we're trying to find ourselves trying to look for this identity we're deriving this identity so here's a scripture the scripture is the fear of man is a trap and a snare whoever trusts in the Lord is safe so the actual fear of man is a trap a trap is used to trap animals and to trap birds. Are you an animal or a bird? No, you're a human, but it says the fear of man is a trap. Okay? So the fear of man, I'm going to take it a little further, is actually a false god, and it's sin, and we worship it. But there's a twofold thing to it. It's because with the fear of man, we're looking we're looking for this desire for approval. 
So that's the first prong of the fork. So our desire for approval is so incredibly strong. The second one is the fear of disapproval is also very strong. So can you see how that's a two-pronged fork? You want approval and you don't want disapproval. So you're kind of caught between, um, well, you're, you're, you're caught. And so this power is, is deceptive and it feels so powerful when you have that. Can you, can, you, can you see that one? You're up at Costa about to buy a coffee and you see this person buying you a coffee and he says, oh, I, what are you doing with all those papers? Oh, I'm preparing for Sunday. Oh, what are you doing on Sunday? What are you speaking about? See the two-pronged fork right there? Well, what, what could my... I could just go, oh, well, I'm just, you know... Or I could say, oh, Holy Spirit, help me here. Can you see how every transaction, even in as simple as buying a coffee, the fear of man could be right there and be a trap and a snare for me, and I could maybe take some time and, and just not really say what I'm going to do? Or I can say, all right, all right, who am I? Child of God, child of God, I'm aligning myself I'm connecting myself here. And so with that alignment, we've got to look at the fear of man because in the fear of man, that alignment is right there. And we're either going to look for approval or we're going to suffer from the disapproval. And so we, we need to look at repenting for that. The fear of man can immobilize us when we should take action. The fear of man gags us into silence when we should speak. So let's just look at alignment. So we want to align ourselves every time with the word of God. We want to align ourselves with God. Hebrews says the word of God is living, active, sharper than a double-edged sword for the dividing of soul and spirit. Can you see how in every moment we need to align ourselves with God? Alignment. Align ourselves with God. It says that we should take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. So alignment, A, is alignment, is aligning ourselves up with what God has to say. C, connection. The definition for connection is to bring together into contact, to link, to establish a state of being, of being related to something or someone, to join together. I love this word, connection. We have a connection desk at the back so that we can connect. (laughs) Why, after a line, do we need the word connect? A line, connect. Because we position ourselves and then we connect. Now, the most amazing thing is that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we're made in the image of God. And one of the things, well, he has five senses for us, but one of the things that we're really focusing in on is looking to see and hearing from God. And so we actually have gates that need to be flushed. So our eye gate needs to be flushed, and our ear gate needs to be flushed, which is about connection. The amazing thing about connection, too, is that we are baptized into the rebirth of of Jesus Christ, which is our baptism. So we have baptisms here. We're also baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we're also baptized 
with fire. And so there's a connection that God wants to make with us where we actually align ourselves and we connect in all of those areas. So yes, we have the five senses, but even more so as those men in Acts were there, the river of of God was flowing from them. It was the Holy Spirit. So we're actually virtual conduits of the kingdom of God. Isn't that exciting? So when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, we're aligning ourselves, our Father. (laughs) You see the Father again? We're aligning ourselves with heaven. And what happens is in that alignment, a connection happens. And in some of that connection, we have to have a flush first. It's a lot like going to the toilet. I'm sorry to say that. But we have to have our eye gates flushed and our ear gates flushed. How do we know? Because Jesus says in Revelations to this most amazing church who thought they were so connected because they saw signs and wonders and miracles, the scripture was still wet on the page, and he says to them, you think you can see, but you're blind. Ask me for eye salve. And so even in the most amazing church in history, which were the church of Acts, you know, that we're all thinking, oh, if it would only be like that again, It can be, because this is our time on our beautiful little planet. And all we have to do is align and connect. And in that connection, we recognize, oh my goodness, God, I'm blind. Give me eye salve for my eyes so I can see. And then, as we're hearing the word, as we were worshiping this morning, as the things of the world grows strangely dim. We were singing that song. What we'd been doing was we were, we were hearing the, the word. We were singing the word and the atmosphere was shifting because we aligned ourselves. We connected and flushing of those things happened. Sorry to use that word because we're not sitting on a big toilet here. <laughs> But there's a flushing that happens, the things of the old, because alignment and connection happens. So those are wonderful things. Acts, align, connect. And then the T is take action. Okay, so take action. Take action means to take the leap of faith. Take action means to be obedient. Take action means to take note of what God's saying to us. And so we align, we connect, and then we take action. And that take action for me in that vision was I align myself. I said, okay, God, I'm confessing this anxiety to you. I'm connecting to you, and this is how I'm connecting. And what happened was I chose to take that leap of faith and connect with him Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And as I connected with him, he began to speak back to me. And that's my prayer for all of us, is that we align, connect, and boom, there he is. There he is. And we take that leap of faith, and he's there for us. And he's there for us at the coffee shop buying coffee, asking God to help us find a way to say something about what we do without looking like an insane person. Well, I'm talking about the Father's love on Sunday, I said. We have an amazing Heavenly Father. Oh, well, that's nice. You can believe what you want to believe. Can you see the, you know, I'm like, oh God, help me here. Because I know this boy. I come into this coffee shop and have coffee. Many times it's not Tommy, don't worry, but I do come to this coffee shop too. 
but, but can you see the battle there? And so I need to align, connect. Okay, God, get rid of the fear of man. Forgive me, Lord. Connect. Take, take action. So I'm going to take that leap of faith. And just like those disciples waited in the upper room until they got endued with power that was, is on high, <laughs> is there's the connection that happens. God begins, as he flushes out our eye gates, we begin to see. As he flushes out our ear gates, we begin to hear, and a strengthening happens in that taking action. And the S is for supplies. So all of a sudden, the supplies of heaven begin to come down. We align ourselves, we connect, we take action, and here comes the supplies. I'm starting to feel better. Anxiety is gone. I got revelation of the Father's love about the hat that he's putting his protection on top of my life. That I get to go on adventures with him. You see the supplies from heaven begin to come down. The Holy Spirit himself is a supply. The Bible, this word, is our birthday and Christmas book every time we open it. Ephesians, I pray to the Father that he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know him better. Can you see alignment, connection, take action? Okay, okay, wow. I've never saw that prayer like that before. I've never seen it like that. You mean right now, sitting in my seat, I can receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I can know him better? Can you see? Supply, 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 supply. I love this. God, God wants to give us so much. Okay, what does take action mean? It means that I lay hold of something. I grab it. I seize it. I capture it. I get possession of it. It's a process of, action is a process of doing something to achieve an aim. It's a maneuver, an effort. So we have to make that effort to choose with our will. We choose. I'm going to choose to step out of the fear of man, and I'm going to choose to step into my identity in Christ, my identity in God, because I'm not going to worship that false God anymore. I'm not going to judge by what I see on the outward appearance or by what somebody says. Because God has got a unique and individual plan for each one of us. But if we're busy comparing ourselves, we're underneath that fear of man and we're trapped again. So take that leap of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Does that sound like supply to you? <laughs> Supply, to make available to somebody, to impart, to bestow, to give, to provide. A stock of, re of resources which a from which a person or place can be provided with the necessary amount of that resource. It could be a bank, a reservoir, a mine, <laughs> a storehouse. Never look at storehouses again in the same way. Our God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Do we want to see that manifest in our lives? I love that. Let me read that to you. 
Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. How about 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10? Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. <laughs> Sounds good. You know, I'll, um, I love this. You know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. That is on my dad's grave. That is our family album. <laughs> and it's exciting to see this because it really is all about Acts, isn't it? Can we remember Acts together? Number one was Acts is we're going to align. We're going to connect. We're going to take action. And we're going to see the supply. Supplies coming. Awesome. Why don't you all stand? I want to pray for you. I also just um, want to just check. You may, you may have come here for a little while, or this may be your first time. But we, always, we want to make an opportunity that if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that, that you're saying, I want to connect. I want to make that alignment with Jesus. I want to connect uh, with Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to take that step. I just want you to know that we're available here. I'm available here um, for you to, to pray with. But do we want to have a look at that just for a moment? Yeah. So, Father, I just pray for anyone here who wants to make that connection with Jesus in a deeper way today. We just thank you, Lord, that you are the way of salvation and that we can confess our sins and we can, we can just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins and that you will forgive us and that you will become the, the captain of our heart, that you will come and you will make new life inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you would like to step in to the more, um, I would like to make a, a call for you um, today. You'd be wanting to have that hat of provision, protection, and identity. If you're wanting to step in and align yourself and you're just wanting to have prayer of come Holy Spirit, I want to have strength to make that alignment to have that connection of the Holy Spirit flushing my eye gates and my ear gates so I can hear Him. So that in those moments that I'm having to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, that I can align with Him and that I can connect with Him. And also, you know, that taking of the risk, that taking action, that taking that leap of faith to see what He wants to say to you. You know, sometimes the enemy puts up this barrier of fear that says, God will not speak to you. God is not available for you. And that is a lie from the enemy. And we can take authority over that lie. And sometimes you need to spend time maybe one-on-one -on -one with a person to just have a look at, at that. But I want to pray for you. I want the life group leaders as well to be available and the ministry team to be available to pray for, for anyone that, that wants to come up here. But I want to pray that God would give us that, 
that tenacious, even like that childlike curiosity to take that leap of faith, to take that leap of faith into the more, into the supplies. And if you're recognizing even, you know, that supply of healing today, that we can align and connect with Him and He wants to, he wants to heal us, just like He healed my emotions. He healed even how I, how I felt in my heart. He wants, to, he wants you to connect with Him. For, for healing, both physically, like what we saw with those feet growing on the testimony earlier. It's all here, all of his supplies. Our God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So come forward if you like. You can kneel down.